Welcome to the Bucket Drop Podcast, episode 16, brought to you by One Call Plumbing. So if your pipes are leaking, or if you've got a clog, or if you flushed the wrong thing down the toilet, call 613-307-4080. One Call Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs in the SDNG region. So guys, today I am with Matthew O'Connor. Matt, give us a what up if you're there. Hey, what up? And uh, we have an extremely special guest. He played six seasons in the NHL and scored 20 goals with 50 apples. The pride of Cornwall, Ontario, Jesse Winchester. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So Matt, you want to take us away? Yeah, sure, man. No problem. Uh, Jesse, how you doing, man? Uh, great. Uh, I got my driveway this morning. Got a little workout in, so feeling good now. How are you guys? Good, good. I just did the same damn thing, man, and I can't move now, so... I'm sure you're in a little bit better shape than me, but I'm done for the day. I'm pretty lazy. I pay a guy to do it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, I'm going to jump right in, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I creeped you a bit on the internet. I, I thought for sure I'm going to at least find some scandal or some damn thing on Twitter. I didn't find nothing with today. You know, what goes on today? You never know, you know? I try to keep my nose pretty clean, I guess. Stay low-key, so I, you're going to have to keep digging, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell, I'm going to let the viewers know a little bit of what I did find anyway. What I was able to find from what I know also is that uh, you started off, uh, you, you were playing midget A for the Cornwall Royals. Uh, then you went off to, I believe, Junior B and you played for Winchester. Yeah. Uh, then you played two years for the Colts. From what I see here, you were tearing it up, man. 82 points in 64 games, not bad. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, then you went off to Colgate and you played four years there, and then uh, you played uh, you signed a contract with the Sens and you played one game, and then I'm guessing the rest of the year you were in Binghamton, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, how it worked actually there, it was just after my college season, so I joined in March, played one oh. game, kind of burned like the contract, and then okay. uh, I re-upped for the next season. So I was there practicing with the playoff run, just getting accustomed to life in the NHL, I guess, and uh, becoming comfortable with with the team. And uh, yeah. then in the summer, resigned, and that's how I kind of kickstarted my career. In 2008, you played uh, two uh, two full seasons for the Sens. Then I, I think Jesse, I, I I don't really remember, but I know you were injured, so you went to play for for Binghamton just for a conditional stint in 2009. That's right, yeah. Uh, and then you came back to the Sens uh, for two more seasons. Then this is something I didn't even know, Jesse, but you went off to Finland for uh, for two uh, for one full season. If I look here, you went to Tudo and you went to Joker it. Yeah, so that happened during the lockout. Uh, in my last season with Ottawa, I was injured, and like free agency came in the summer. I didn't have a job. Uh, the lockout happened, and I was at home skating on my own and with the Cornwall Colts. Took a job in the second league in Finland, which was uh, because everybody went over, and I wasn't super sought after at that point. And then just took a job in Turku, and it was unbelievable to experience that life um, over there. It was a short amount of time. Um, and then came back at Christmas and re-signed in Jokerit after the NHL season was going to start. Uh, went over there and, and loved it. Got injured, hurt my knee pretty uh, about after a month. Uh, returned home and then signed with Florida the next summer. Oh, thank you, right? Yeah, and that was a great place to live and play. 
Um, yeah. I actually had the opportunity to go back there this fall as part of my job now um, with Ascend. So it was, uh, I was scouting and it was great to be back in that town because it's a beautiful place to be. Spend a lot of time in the saunas over there? Uh, I did. Yeah, I had a teammate uh, who introduced me to the, uh, the Finnish sauna. It was a great place to hang out on our off days. <laughs> awesome, Jesse. So yeah, so then, so yeah, like you were saying, you went to Florida after and you played a, I think you played a season there and then you signed with uh, the Avalanche for two years after that. That's right. So now that everybody knows a little bit about your past, Jesse, I, I, I guess we talked about it a little bit already, but uh, just give me the past, you know, give give me a little story here from, from Junior B on, uh, you know, how, when did you start getting noticed, you know, when did you first get an agent? I'm going to get my popcorn ready, Jesse, I'm going to let yeah. you do this. <laughs> I'm going to let you give me a little story here. I hope you like to tell stories. Uh, probably not my forte, but uh, you guys jump in at whatever point you want. I mean, yeah, I played uh, locally, you know, where we grew up. And I was always undersized, I guess, as a kid. And then pretty good all, all the way growing up. But had to be patient because I was, uh, like I said, small. Things kind of came together for me once uh, I hit junior A. I grew to six feet. Had to play it out to get a scholarship. But it was amazing to play in the old Cy Miller in Cornwall. It was packed. I bet you guys can kind of remember some of the games if you'd ever watched, but it was... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. you felt like you were in the, in, in the NHL as a kid. Yeah, I remember watching... I remember, did, you, did you play with, like, uh, with Leguie as well? Because I remember watching those games. Yeah, so I, I missed Leguie by year. He, he received his scholarship and went on, and then I okay. did, you know, tons of talent coming out of our area at the time. It was great to grow up alongside the likes of Verdoni and Phil Boots and Jamie Smith and Jay Lapine, Jeremy LaRue. The list goes on and on. Brock McBride, Todd Perry, Liskum. All these guys have carved out a nice little path in hockey. And I was fortunate to, to land up to land at, at Colgate, where I spent the next four years and had a blast on and off the ice with uh, my closest group of friends. And you, you have just as much fun off the ice as you do on the ice at that point and I was lucky to continue to grow and improve uh, and catch the eye of uh, NHL teams and then uh, started my career once once that chapter had closed and it was you know I say fortunate all the time but I, I just kept getting breaks here and there and um, tried to make the most of them. Jesse like when did you start like when did you feel like you needed an age agent like I'm sure you weren't playing junior B like when you were playing junior B did you think like okay I might go somewhere maybe I need an agent or was, like when did that start I'm guessing on time no I, I wouldn't have considered myself to be like a NHL prospect get truthfully I wanted to play uh, I wanted to get to school if I could play hockey longer than my buddies you know just get a, a few extra years yeah. playing competitively <laughs> stick to it obviously I worked really hard and stuff but and wanted to be a pro hockey player at some point I didn't know what that meant whether it was NHL or American League or East Coast or just anywhere. Long story short, in my second year, I was told by a scout that I might have a chance to play for real with the big boys one day. And then in my third year, I was offered a contract. And that's kind of when I got an agent. Uh, people started approaching me. Um, they recognized that I might be a fit somewhere down the road. And that's kind of how it all fell into place. Uh, I turned the first offer down just because I was so green. I wasn't typical drafted first round NHL development camp, training camp, kind of groomed that way. I was, it was all new to me. So returned for my fourth year to get accustomed to dealing with uh, the NHL scouts and just familiarizing myself with the league on a level different than a fan. And, uh, you know, it turned out well. Pardon my ignorance. Uh, did you have a chance to play in the playoffs while you were playing? Okay, no. So how that works, when I was in Binghamton, I was at kind of a start of a season. I'd hurt myself coming out of training camp. Okay. Uh, um, and needed to catch up uh, by way of conditioning. So I was down there for a couple of weeks. 
uh, when I first signed, I was with the big club um, in, in Ottawa, but it was more the ins and outs of the contract. I wasn't able to be sent down uh, because I'd, I'd just come out of school. The, the paperwork was such that I would stay with them um, and then we could renegotiate the deal in the summer. So I got the experience of skating uh, with the team in practice during the playoffs. We were playing Pittsburgh and, you know, I shouldn't say we because I wasn't involved other than just as a, a black ace observing, but it was yep. neat to be around like the Mike Fishers and um, the Daniel Alfredsons and the Spezes and the Heatleys and these guys who were big time players just to see how, how serious they were, how much fun yep. they had and how exciting it was to be a part of a playoff series against obviously Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, Jesse. And you know, you're talking about the big time stars and stuff like that. Tell me a little bit about a, you know, an NHL game day routine is what's the difference between home games and day games and you know, all the, all the fans out there, they know what happens during the game because they're watching it live. But from the time you wake up at 9 a.m. till game time, you know, not many people knows what goes on. So, I mean, and then when you mention big stars, like the ones who make the big bucks, I'm, you know, are they are they hanging out with you guys all day or are they off doing their community work and their press conferences and their endorsement work and stuff like that? You know, is it is it everybody together or, or is it kind of split in the room usually? The beauty of hockey is you're, you're pretty well together for the most. But, of course, there's times and the schedule's down where they might have different things to do. But the reality is you're a team and the hockey part comes first and the performance part comes first. So, you know, as far as home and away, obviously you're in a hotel when you're away. But for the most part, you try to keep it consistent, your routine, um, just because that's what we cling to. As we, we need that because every aspect of our life is planned at that point. So, you know, you're up. You're at the rink usually by nine um, when you're at home anyway, and then it's pushed back an hour on the road because the pregame skates an hour later. And then you go through your routine, the workouts, the meetings, the video, um, then you're on the ice for your half hour, 45 minutes, just going through reps, easy reps. From there, you're either doing recovery with like the, the trainers, the massage, like just maintenance on your hips, back, all that stuff, or any injuries you take care of. And then, Three-game meal, your nap, and you're back at the rink by 4 o'clock for your 7 o'clock game, and then full speed ahead, get ready to go. And, you know, it's uh, I'm far enough removed now that I forget some of the little ins and outs, but, you know, yeah. you do it whenever you're playing, and you miss, like, that rush all the time on game day. Like, it's super exciting, um, but, but all those little things kind of keep you sane and keep your nerves in check, and definitely guys rely on it and, and love that aspect of it. Like, does it come, become a routine, Jesse? Like when you when you're going out for pregame for for your skate for warm up and then for the national anthem, does it become routine? Like, does it become less crazy, or or for you, is it always surreal? Was it always surreal every game that you're out there? You should be aware of how lucky you are to do the job that you do, but uh, and how much fun you're having. Sometimes it does become a job like any other job where things aren't going your way and whatnot. But the routine kind of in my case anyway it helped me just be prepared uh, when you're traveling so much you don't feel good all the time your body's banged up the routine just kind of helps you stay in a proper frame of mind to be able to you know play within yourself and your role and, and just feel good about what you do and it gives you a little bit of control in an otherwise uncontrollable kind of situation so you know i for me it was very important some guys can uh be a little bit more loose I didn't have that luxury because I was more of a replaceable guy um, and and had to rely on those things or doing those things to make myself feel confident and all that stuff so 
that's a little bit of a mind work in my spot anyway, but yeah, most guys are pretty detailed, um, good pros because it, it, it's tough to, to be a bottom six forward in the NHL and, and, and be able to last without um, paying attention to that stuff. So, Perfect. Go ahead, Rob. If you want to say yeah, anything. I was going to say, Matt, can I get a damn question in or what? Are you, <laughs> <laughs> are you taking over the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, no, actually, I have a stupid question, though, because I'm not the brightest. But um, uh, actually, <laughs> you know, when you're uh, when you're playing on the road, Matt was asking about the routine and stuff like that. Uh, I went to go see the Penguins one day uh, in Buffalo, and uh, there was a lot of fans waiting outside, hoping to get, you know, the autographs from uh, Malkin or Crosby. Uh, do players sign autographs before the game is what I'm wondering. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was always open to it. You know, I realized how fortunate – I uh, was to be there and yeah. you know it's it, it pretty neat like getting off uh the plane going onto the bus getting to the hotel and then having people knowing you're staying at that hotel and they have your cards and your stick or whatever and anytime it's a kid obviously it's it, it's pretty special to have them calling out your name so it, it was never a problem uh for me obviously some people like to over collect to sell stuff and that's their right too but um and, and it could get a little bit tiresome when you sign 20 or you're asked to sign 20 of the same thing but for the most part no it's pretty special where else am I gonna have a job where people are gonna care about me without knowing anything no that's cool and I think I think it's the perfect opportunity just to say thank you uh Jesse uh, you you uh allowed me to go meet the players uh when you were playing for Florida which uh you you played a hell of a game that that game that I saw you in Montreal you might have had a star eh? do do you remember (laughs) yeah uh was that the game? Did I break my hand in that game? Yeah, yeah, you came yeah. out, and uh, I, I was talking to Good Branson, and uh, obviously I knew uh, Goody. Oh yeah, yeah, what yeah, a so, yeah. So, anyways, he came out. He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I think uh, Jesse broke his hand or whatever. But it was, it was a nice uh, shot block though. Like it was on, it was on Markov. I think that. It, it, am I correct? Yeah. So, you know, we weren't a great team, but we were actually winning that game. Uh, it was about thirty seconds left, and he teed up, and it. Uh, Broke my hand right through my glove, like drew blood, split the skin. I'm looking at my hand right now and can still yeah. feel that <laughs> what it felt like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was still relieved when actually we closed out the game. I couldn't get off the ice, but I was skating around. We rewatched the video and it was kind of funny. Uh, did you get it? Did you get a start? I maybe I can't really remember to be honest. I know okay. I, did, I, did, I scored though. That was my yeah, that's why I'm. That's, that's why I'm asking. You basically saved the game by blocking yeah. that shot and you got a goal. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah, it could be, you know, I, I, I don't remember, but I like, it was a thrill obviously to score in that rink. Uh, yeah. I've been a half fan growing up and just recognizing it as like the best arena. So, so Jesse, uh, you know, you're, I don't know if you watch a lot of games now there, but um, tell me the difference for you between today's NHL and compared to when you played, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the game, um, keeps getting better I, I i watch a ton of uh games now um given my my job uh with the sense but i and i work closely with the uh the prospects who are up and coming and looking to make an impact in the league and you know it's it's neat to see the progression from junior to college uh or major junior to american league to nhl and um I like the speed of the game. It keeps getting faster. The skills, the guys that I work with are just so talented. It's fun to really be around. And um, it's evolving. Uh, 
I see more plays out of guys lower in the lineup, which is what I look at because when I was playing it, we were so, so overly structured and there's still structure because you're paid to win and all this stuff, but it's nice to see more skill plays uh, happening from guys lower in the lineup. And then the top end guys, I mean, they're younger, they're faster, they're just over the top talent <laughs> and it's neat to see the the moves they're able to to pull out and the plays they're able to make and that's not to discredit the guys that I played with because the game was still beautiful and unreal when you're at the top you're at the top no matter what but uh, I enjoy watching now because I, I do it differently than when I was playing where I was just trying to stop guys <laughs> uh, hey how, how about that goal by uh Forsberg the other day. Yeah, I can't pick up the puck like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> never good. But yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you didn't see that even attempted when I was playing, and um, or very often anyway. And now it's, you know, this year it's what is it like three or four anyway? Plus, yeah, years a couple. Uh, I saw the actual kid from the World Juniors do it in Sweden, like live for the first time, and it made the rounds on social media, and it was pretty neat. So yeah, I don't want to brag, but I did it this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, one thing I noticed, Jesse, with, with, with today's top guys is, like you said, there's less structure. They're let loose. They're, they're creative. And, you know, the coach seems to they're, – they're less on their backs, you know. It's just, you know, go out there, do what you got to do, try to be responsible in the defensive end. But, hey, score more goals than the other team seems to be the – Yeah, in the regular season, for sure. I think that changes. I think the teams who – play good D all the time, have the best chance at winning. There is structure there, but there, I find there is a little bit of a difference in the playmaking on the, the bottom bottom side of the roster. I see guys pulling up more, turning back, making plays, where I know when I played it was a matter of chipping, getting it below the goal line and kind of working down there. And there's still there's still a ton of that, especially when I, I talked about bottom guys. They're, they're unreal, you know, like yeah. it's fortunate to be one of them. Yeah. But it's just nice to see the confidence and the skill to be able to attempt things more often than kind of the guys did when, when I think about my role. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a Leaf fan, Jesse. So I watch a lot of Leaf games and man, oh man, they don't give up the puck. They try, they, they'll circle back into their own zone before dumping it in. They'll retreat back and then they'll bring it up again, you know, instead of dumping it in, even on line changes, they do the same thing. They'll just throw it back to the D back in the zone and they'll all change and then they'll all go up again you know it's pretty it's, it's a different way but uh it's, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't because you know the Leafs don't play any defense you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. and, and you know the Leafs to me they're not they're not a playoff team you know they'll, they'll well, hope they make the playoffs this year but I mean if they do it, to me you know when they play a team like Boston they, they can't seem to get out of that first round right well you know what it takes a fun to learn how to win and they got the tools there and I'm sure it's, it's a work in progress all the time um, obviously as a fan you don't always like to hear that but you yeah. know there, there's some pretty obviously super talented chips there that <laughs> are, are game breakers and, and they're learning you know it, it takes a ton to win and um, at some point they'll probably break through but who knows when that will be? Matt, what he's trying yeah. what he's trying to tell you is that he was part of the he was trying he was part of the Battle of Ontario and he doesn't want to hear about your lease. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so so Jeff, you played Crosby, you played Ovechkin. Who who's tougher? Who's harder on the puck? I have great respect for both. I I think Crosby goes down as the best player that 
I ever play against, just all around. Um, but you see what Obi's doing, breaking records every day with every goal he scores, and just talk about him maybe one day being able to set the overall record. And in, in today's game where it's so tough to score, like you can't argue how dominant he is. But for me, just play all around the ice and how Crosby's able to make people around him better, his resume with the cups and everything, like. He, I, I think he's he's number one, and then uh, I've played with some good players too. So I had a first-hand look at a bunch, and pretty fortunate to have that experience from watching them from the bench. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, Jesse, like I like I said, I don't like to bag, but I played uh, I played a bit of semi-pro, and I lost five fights, so I'm pretty tough. And yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna ask my question now. Uh, Who's the toughest guy that you had a chance to uh, play with or uh, and against? Actually, I want to know both. Oh, I mean, I think you look at Chara, you look at Lucic in his prime, and that's kind of like when I was playing. Those guys were big, fierce animals who could play. I mean, I played with Neeler, Chris Neal. Yeah. And then there's uh, Chris Barch. Those are those guys are two of the toughest that I've played with. That's I've crazy. In the fight a ton. He's a big, big man who obviously will be in the Hall of Fame if he's not already. I can't remember. I think he got in day to day. Chris Neal. And like obviously, uh, you uh, you had your your goals in the NHL as well. Like you had 11 goals in the pros, including uh, one against uh, Pierre Luc uh, Le Tourneau Leblanc. So uh, who would you say the, the toughest guy that you went against? Yeah, I mean, I, I was not a good fighter. I fought, I guess, kind of, I like to think it was smart. Like it wasn't trading blows. I wasn't really, I, I was scrappy, but not a not a goer, really. Um, well, you were, team I, play, you were a team player. So. Yeah, well, I, never, I, I didn't mind it. And I realized I had to do it a few times per year. Um, and Pierre-Luc Leblanc, Letourneau, had, had a reputation as a fighter, but there was no real blows exchange. I was strong enough to be able to, stay close and nothing happened the one where a guy got me if you want to youtube <laughs> troy brower he, he got me for a couple and that was about the only punch i ever took in a in an nhl fight um that i can remember anyway and uh sent me for a little bit of a loop but big strong guy and you know he gets he gets the nod as the guy that i had most trouble against for sure <laughs> he's like probably top 50 uh, of all time like for, for tough guys but at the same time like what's your take on fighting in the game you know what i think there is a time and a place for it. It doesn't happen often anymore, which I'm okay with too. Coke and Yemi's fight the other night, other Habs after his buddy gets hit from behind, and yeah, I it was think, necessary. Yeah, I think that's a that's okay. Um, you know, at this point in what in my involvement in the game, I don't like stage fights. I'm glad they're yeah well gone. Just with my head trouble, how my and how my career kind of was ended with concussions obviously I, i'm more sensitive than some to seeing blows to the head you call me soft whatever i've been through it but well i know you're not soft you had a lot like what i said yeah. uh, <laughs> but, you fought too so yeah oh yeah yeah no but like i, I like the i like playing hard I like the speed of the game yeah. um and i recognize that fighting does have to happen occasionally but i'm not a huge fan of it even though i would do it i guess yeah no for sure and uh, you just mentioned cocking you me so obviously you became a habs fan after your playing days <laughs> grew, up, <laughs> grew up a habs fan now i'm a fan, <laughs> of, fan of the game so i was talking about uh, you uh letting me come see uh the players after the game which was really really cool by the way and uh, i took your you know uh, you signed a puck for me i sold that on ebay for about five thousand dollars so uh, <laughs> that's a big time <laughs> yeah so i'm one of those guys um yeah. but uh Who's the best tender that you scored against? You know what? I, I'm i putting you on the spot, sorry. Yeah, you know what? I score against a lot of backup guys, I think. So, yeah. They're, I they're still in the show. They're still in the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, 
I didn't really pay attention to who I was scoring against, I guess. I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Okay. I, I'd have to say, Jesse, maybe your first. Oh, I, I remember my goals, but I don't remember who they were on necessarily. I know, like, the Habs was a backup. Uh, okay. My first goal was against Antero Nidamaki, which I remember because I have a photo of it. How, how was that? Can you, can you describe that one? It was uh, a dream come true at the time. I was playing games at the start. And you're just hoping to get that one before you get sent down or whatever. And um, it was a long time coming, and it just felt so good to go in. It was at home. Uh, uh, Alfie and Fisher assisted on it. I remember exactly how the play happened and just the feeling of relief and, and joy when it went in. Uh, you felt like you made the NHL for real. That's amazing. I, I, do you remember, like, how many how many games had you played before that goal? I think, you know, it was a a long time. I think it was 13 or something. By that point, you can figure out you're not going to be a scorer. <laughs> was that against Philly, Jesse? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah so, I don't even think you knew it went in at first, eh? Yeah, I was a little bit shocked because I, I didn't <laughs> get a look on it. It was a backhand, and I just shoveled it towards the net. Um, again, I didn't really get to pick my shot. It was just kind of happened quickly from the slot, and it was cool, but when I when I saw it went in, I had a pretty good reaction, I think. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. You just threw your arms up like you won the cup. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, still still along the same line, uh, like who's the best goalie that you had a chance to play with? I played it with some pretty good goalies at different times in their careers, like Roberto Luongo yeah. for a little bit at the, at the later stages of his career. I think the nod goes to Craig Anderson for how good he was during the two years that I was with him in in Ottawa came in and and just injected like a new sense of confidence in the team with how he played he's later in his career now um and faces some criticism in the media from time to time if you follow the sense but Uh when he first came in like and he's been here in eight or nine years ten years that's the longest serving goal and he's taken him on some big runs almost the cup finals and his body of work in the time that I was with him was pretty outstanding so yeah, Jesse, I know your 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 playing days are done now, but uh, tell me a little bit of life, about life, man. Like life must be well. I guess it's not quieter because I didn't even know you were working for the Sens. But tell me <laughs> what you're doing now. Oh, you know what? No, I have two little girls. One will be four in April, and one's going to be two in a month. Times are busy in my post my uh, post playing days, but um, I've been so fortunate to be able to spend a ton of time with them and their in their early years, um, along with my wife. And we've, uh, we've traveled a little bit with them. We've introduced them to the boat and the water and the things that are super important to us now. And then uh, as far as career-wise, I've transitioned into um, coaching a little bit and then taken on a job with the Sens and uh, player development. So I work help uh, alongside most of our prospects at the AHL level and then the ones who are drafted in college, pro, overseas, and major junior, and just monitor their progress and help them to uh, uh, fit in to the pro level and help them ease their transition to the Ottawa Center. So busy, it's fun. Um, I'm pretty thankful for all the game has given me uh, and the, the freedom that I have with my, my family, and I certainly uh, can't be one to complain. I have a seven-year-old girl, and uh, and I uh, I congratulate you right there, man, for having two toddlers. That must just be craziness, you know. Uh, one for me is enough. I'm done, you know. 
<laughs> we uh we're, we're really we're really lucky like family obviously comes first and it's it's nice to to spend as much time as i do with them just developing their interests and supporting them in any way they can, that i can good good go ahead rob no i was just gonna say this guy's way too humble like this guy won the, the coach of the year award when he was playing when he was coaching junior a so it's, pre- it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah i fooled someone along the way as we kept telling people <laughs> two years in a row too jesse man you fooled them i guess we did but <laughs> credit credit to the kids in Brockville. Actually, they're unbelievable. I miss them. They're, they're battling for first place right now, and I think this is the year they're finally gonna um, take over the top in the CCHL. So at least I'm hoping. I'm hoping to get to a few playoff games along the way. You're you're working for the Sens now, so uh, do you get a chance to uh, talk to Alfredson a lot? I haven't seen Alfie a whole lot. He hasn't been around, or we haven't crossed paths anyway. I get. I work most closely with uh, Sean Donovan and Clark MacArthur. Okay. We're the, we call ourselves the dev team and um, we make our rounds uh, with the prospects and, and evaluate uh, where they're at and work alongside them to anything they need in order to kind of ease their transition into pro hockey. How was it playing with Alfie? It was awesome. And he yeah. goes down as one of, if not the best player that I played with and given where he was in his career, probably the most dominant. I got to play with Barkov in Florida and then Nathan McKinnon in, in uh, Colorado and I and then Ryan O'Reilly as well. And I think I think Nathan and, and and Barkov to me were just so incredibly talented as young kids and you could see that they were gonna be superstars. But Alfie was so dominant during my career that he, he would get a nod for sure. That's amazing, and it's going to help uh, me with my gambling and my uh, co line. So I appreciate it. <laughs> and I should say this about Alfie: like it wasn't just hockey; it was like ping pong, golf, tennis—you name it. Like he was the best at it, and he was there to win each and every day. And uh, you know, just super, super competitive, and didn't take it easy on you. <laughs> well, Jesse, I know you're a busy guy, and I could freaking ask you questions all day about McGratton and all kinds of guys because that's uh <laughs> that's some stuff that really interests me but uh <laughs> anyways we'll we'll move on to the interrogation yeah for sure man. okay are you ready because this is pretty intense yeah let's do it. okay a full name please graham jesse winchester date of birth october 4th 1983 crab dinner or mr noodles crab dinner what do you put on it ketchup garlic salt wow you're a weirdo hot dog <laughs> or hamburger uh hamburger and uh Hypothetical question, all right? Your uh, your girlfriend's not listening. Sorry, your wife's not listening because uh, she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. So uh, uh, you can you can only pick one girl to date back in the day: Katy Perry, Celine Dion, or Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce. Why? Uh, I won't get you in trouble. Don't worry. You've been you've been you've been falsely accused of murder. Okay, the death penalty was the ruling. What's your final meal? Oh, uh, seafood, man. Lobster, pile it on, mussels, everything. You bet. Just <laughs> till I can't eat anymore. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm the garden. We only got crab dinner. So, dog or cat person? <laughs> dog. Yeah. You have any dogs? Uh, yeah. Golden Retriever. Got him in Florida. That's awesome. Ago. I got a Labradoodle. So, uh, we're oh, still nice. trying to we're still trying to train him, but I think it's going to be a long past. So, uh, this concludes the entire. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He ate my meal last night. I I was really happy. Oh yeah. Well, that's the beauty of having ours now. He cleans up all the scraps that end up on the floor with our kids and he's ballooned in size. So yeah, mine jumped on the counter and ate my, uh, my wife's, uh, my wife's meal that she made for me. So, uh, she wasn't too, <laughs> she wasn't too happy. 
She stays yeah. in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to have to take a picture and put them on Kijiji. So, anyways, uh, this concludes the interrogation. Uh, we'll send you the results within uh, the next couple months. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, have a wonderful Sunday. Hey, thank you, you guys, too. Stay warm and uh, stay out of the snow. Can it be the fresh El Camino rolling kilo G? He rolls down the window and he starts to say, It's all about making that GTA. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. Come fucking that trash and we'll pull your card. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, I ain't said shit.